hey, listeners, I choose you to come on in and enjoy the second episode of the Level Grinders podcast. I am joined today by my brother and co-host, Stephen Beagle. Stephen, how's it going? Fantastic. Super excited to talk about this game tonight, and I uh, I hope everybody else is ready to listen on our gushing over one of those best-in-class uh, games that we've got to play over the years. Awesome. Yeah, and also joining us, we have a very special guest. We've been kind of uh, hinting at our guest for a, a little bit now, and that is Mr. Nintendo himself. Nishan, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time special guest. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about, you know, arguably my favorite series of video games and definitely my favorite um, RPG. Nice, for sure. Yeah, I know uh, you don't you don't play uh, as many RPGs as me and Steven do, but um, yeah, nice that we were able to find something that you can uh, come join us on and it's and it's a doozy too it's a big one so uh getting into things here in case you missed the first episode level grinders is a monthly podcast created to discuss rpgs and jrpgs uh which is one of my favorite genres uh of video games of all time the name of the show is of course based on the process of level grinding so for those that want to just fight monsters or enemies bad guys whatever over and over and over again to gain the most best upper hand that you possibly can against your foes for whatever section of the game that you're in, or sometimes even for the entire rest of the game. So uh, level grinding, huge part of RPGs, especially older RPGs. So that's kind of where we got the name from. Some quick housekeeping. Level Grinders is a Games Are Fun production. So while this podcast will have its own feed on your favorite podcast platforms of choice, uh, news about the show will be distributed distributed by the games are fun social media accounts and the video content for this show will air on the games are fun youtube channel so make sure you're following us on the games are fun social platforms podcast platforms um, follow us on youtube all the things and you'll be informed on when new episodes of this show release so uh, for our second episode here as we were talking about we got a big one here a lot of people's favorites. You, you know it. You love it. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Pokemon franchise, specifically Gen 1. So uh, if we have future Pokemon discussions, I'm not sure if it's going to be other generations specifically or if we're going to just cover the rest of the series as a whole. But Gen 1, because of how special it is, I definitely thought it deserved its own episode. So that's why we're here talking about it. So, yeah, so this is the the OG, the classic, the one that started it all, Kanto Gen 1. And I'm very excited to talk about it. So Gen 1, just real quick, is Pokemon Red and Blue. I'm sure most of you all know this already. So, yeah, Red and Blue were the, the very initial ones. They released on the Game Boy, the OG Game Boy on... February 27th, 1996. And as of the, the date of this recording, we are two days away from Pokemon Day of 2021. So it's very timely, I think this episode is. So uh, just adds a little bit of extra specialness, I suppose. It was, of course, developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. So let's go ahead and get on into it. So I guess the, the first thing here is I kind of want to know 
how you guys first got involved with with Pokemon. What was your first experience here with Gen 1? So I actually have a very vivid and obscure memory of how I got into uh, Pokemon. Uh, I first heard about this series from a Kentucky Fried Chicken advertisement. They, when it first, when Pokemon first came to North America, um, KFC was running like a a Pokemon Plush uh, thing. Like you could spend six extra dollars and get a, a plush, and I think they were giving out Zubat, Seal, uh, Vulpix, and the the fourth one is escaping me. But you know, I saw these like cute little monsters at kfc and learned learned it was a video game you know begged my mom hey can you can we go can we go to target go go to the video game section and get this game and uh you know got myself i got pokemon red my brother got pokemon blue and it's been a love story ever since yeah, so for i i'm sitting here trying to rack my brain on when it would have happened but i know i had the original game boy um growing up and i'm i'm trying to think when it entered our life so i i know for me and this might be the same for you as well i know when when i first got my hands on it was actually from our cousin kirk who came over for a visit one of his friends showed it to him he wanted it and the funny thing about kirk is he's not a video game player right Mm -hmm. so the fact that he even had this to begin with was somewhat surprising and for him to bring it over, kind of show it to us, get a little bit of hands-on, it was just kind of like instant magnetism. Like, what a great game. And this was mm-hmm. before like I knew that it was like such a, a cultural hit. This was just, you know, it, it was it was kind of up my alley. It's an RPG. It's got monsters that you can catch and train. And, and yeah, so I, that's probably, you know, I, I know that's how I first got my hands on it. So I'm guessing through... Kirk and me, you that's probably how you got introduced to it too, but that's probably right. The only other way that I think another memory comes to mind is our is our uh, good friend Lisa. Didn't mm-hmm. didn't she have it? She also uh, had maybe it, yellow. She maybe had yellow. blue. Blue. Okay. Yeah. So I, that that memory comes to mind is is playing uh, playing it with Lisa back then and mm-hmm. kind of getting getting a, a good view of the game and stuff that's going to be probably my where my introduction comes in it's so long ago so it's very vague <laughs> but, but it um but yeah it's going to be within either you know secondhand through our cousin kirk or through our friend lisa it would have been in one of those instances somebody showing us and then diving into it the way that we did yeah so i know we had we had pokemon red uh nishan mm-hmm. which one did you end up getting um i i played through red the first time um and it they're they're essentially the the same game so it's it's the only differences between red and blue were the the pokemon you could catch in in each game which has been a a staple through the series from the beginning is you know the the tagline is got to catch them all and the only way to catch them all is you know either spend the cash to get both games or you know, link up with friends. And I think Pokemon, that's another thing that they've been been doing since the start is, you know, this is a, this is a social game. This is, they want you to interact with other people while playing Pokemon. Yep. And the thing is, so one of the things you mentioned, if you did buy two games, you also had to have a means of transferring 
from yourself to yourself, which would also require a second Game Boy. So uh, definitely an investment if <laughs> if you're trying to catch them all by yourself. So that would definitely be quite a feat. And so, yeah, so this game is, you know, I feel like it kind of had humble beginnings, which I guess the same could be said about the main character as well. You're you're literally a child uh, deciding to go out and become the greatest Pokemon master of them all. Got to catch them all. And and that's that's, you know, kind of it. Like you're just you're you're on a quest to be the best Pokemon trainer. So it's pretty basic in that regard. But um but yeah, there's there's some interesting things that happen along the way. But yeah, it's just, you know, you go from gym to gym, collect some badges, level up your 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 pocket monsters. So, yeah, not a ton of story there, but were that was there anything in in that that kind of stuck out to you guys? So story-wise, like I uh having the anime in hand along with mm. the game cuz you're right, the game and it being an early on RPG and it's very similar with a lot of other ones, like you can't throw a whole bunch of text in there to kind of build out this plot. So having the anime in hand at the same time kind of gives you this idea on who your character is. You know, I know you're red or you're, or you're blue, depending on which game you're end up playing. Right. But you kind of follow the path of that, of Ash Ketchum. So that was always a help to kind of give you an idea on what your, what your task in this game was going to be. Um, but yeah, just the it, straight up putting it out there, you're you're going to train Pokemon and become a champion. And there's not much more beyond that. There's little pieces through the through the gameplay, uh, getting into especially with like something like Lavender Town, where they throw in a little side quest for you to take care of, and they give you a little story about some Pokemon in there. And then um, you know the Team Rocket and dealing with them throughout, and kind of going through that story. So they have these little bits. Um, throughout the game that I think help kind of flesh it out in that regard. But like, it's, it's your story going through it. And that's, that's one of the things that I love about this one is it's one of those first RPG games that it is your story. You get to kind of make it your own and you determine what your motivations are going to be for it. Is it filling the whole Pokedex? Uh, is it training the most powerful team that you possibly can to just steamroll through your gym battles? Um, is it purely there to take down team rocket and kind of be the police you know, of the, of the game, you kind of have that choice to kind of make the story your own, which is always a nice piece with some of these early RPGs. Yeah. Story-wise it's for, cause I think for a lot of people, Pokemon is their, their first foray into RPGs. And so it's, it's very simple. It's here, here's your objective. Now, now go do it. And like Steve said, but they, they sprinkle in a little bit of lore and like the team rocket thing is probably the, the major B plot, but for the most part, it's, it's you, you battle gyms, you want to go to the elite four and you want to become the champion. And, you know, if you spend the time like diving into the lore, you got, uh, the Pokemon mansion on Cinnabar Island gives you a lot of great info on the legendary and the mythical Pokemon from gen one, uh, lavender town is, is, you know, gives you, gives you a look into what helped, people and Pokemon interact in, in the afterlife. And yeah, like, um, you know, they, they don't give you a lot, but if you, if you want to, there is actually a, a pretty deep story and lore in this world. Indeed. Yeah. 
And I think for, for me, one of my favorite things was, um, and I guess this is true for a lot of RPGs, but in, in this game specifically, like this world feels so lived in. And I, I think that was really cool. Like just walking from like town to town, right? There's people everywhere. Uh, the towns have a bunch of people in it, say from like the, the main town, Pallet Town. But then you have like your you know, sort of larger cities. There's, there's a lot of people in there and yeah, it's just like these little kind of these little moments that you have, whether it's trainer battles, whether it's um, exploring these cities, going through the gyms. Like, it's just, like I said, it, it's basic, but it's just so, uh, so catching if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it just really does just grab you by being simple yet accessible and and just fun right so and it it all goes hand in hand right so you have the the story you know you're just sort of on this quest to like you said Stephen, like you kind of make it your own are you are you trying to catch them are you trying to be the you know the the strongest there there is the best trainer around and i mean ultimately at the the end of the game is to be the ultimate pokemon champion but it's what you do between the beginning and the end that kind of you know makes that story for you so uh what was what was the uh you know the gameplay style that you guys chose on your your first playthrough what was what was your main mission um i was always more of a collector than a than a than a brawler like i yeah i always wanted to become the best but you know i i always forget the type matchups and and i'm way i'm way too much of a sore loser to like really stick my neck out there too much for to be the best but yeah i i always wanted to like collect as many pokemon as i could and you know beg beg with my brother to send me over his his graveler and you know his his haunter so i could get the the golem and the gengars so mine would have been it like my first playthrough of this is I initially started out that okay I'm gonna catch all the Pokemon I can you know you go through the first first route there and you're catching your your Caterpies and and your Pidgeys and things like that and it's like all right I'm I'm catching all these Pokemon and I was a I was a Charmander starter so as soon as I got to Brock's gym you don't have a lot as a Charmander starter to battle Brock it's a very trolly gym at the beginning mm -hmm. of the game. And that battle inspired me to basically become the steamroller. I wanted to make sure that the next gym I was walking into, I was ready to take it down. And then sub subsequently the rest of the gyms after that. So I was, I was doing the grinding uh, to get, you know, 10 levels higher than the next gym, making sure that my Pokemon were going in with the great type matchups and all that sort of stuff. Like I wasn't going to have a, have a repeat of Brock uh, in that difficult battle. So it was a, it was an initial let me collect them all, but then it, it very quickly became I need to I need to be super strong. <laughs> I need to be the most powerful Pokemon trainer ever. <clears throat> that was it. Yeah, and it is funny. I know we kind of had a off offline discussion about it. Like when you when you look at the starters, right? You have Bulbasaur, you have Squirtle, you have Charmander, and the game doesn't really tell you this, but when you make that decision you're you're sort of choosing your difficulty level too because if you choose uh bulbasaur you you're going to be able to steamroll those first two dungeons no pro or uh gyms no problem because you have 
a Pokemon whose type is strong against those first two gyms. It's strong against the rock. It's strong against the water. If you go with Squirtle, you have an advantage in that first gym, and then you're kind of on equal footing in the second. Uh, and then if you choose Charmander, well, then you're just going to have a, you're just going to have a bad time until like the fourth gym, <laughs> not, not a bad time, I should say, but you do have to work harder for sure. You have to, you, you really kind of have to work a little bit more on team management and, you know, building that, that other, you know, the extra team around that, that starter, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, if you go, you, you go in and you just choose the one you think is the cutest or the one that you think is going to be the best. And I mean, you know, if you look just at the cartridge, right. And you see, charizard on there you're like i want that dragon right but if you get the the wee baby dragon it's gonna be a little bit tougher to uh to get through so <laughs> i i think that's that's certainly an interesting thing that they added in there so speaking of starters um what's what's the what's the favorite starter well initially i i think it's charmander for me and probably to this day charmander's number one but uh, you know, I, I think they're they're all great designs. Uh, the the first evolutions for all of them are real cute. Um, I know Adam, you have you have a different opinion than me for <laughs> for who's number third. But <laughs> but yeah, I think I think all three are are like top tier designs. But uh, for me, if you gun to my head, I'm gonna say Charmander is my favorite starter. Yeah, I'm with Nishan on that, and and you know. It, and and Nishan brings up a good point. These starters, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, are very well designed Pokemon, and they've survived through all generations. Uh, to the point where, when Sword and Shield came out, uh, these were very highly sought after Pokemon because of the design for mm-hmm. for the new games. Uh, we got Charmander, and then a lot of demand was there for Squirtle and Bulbasaur because of a lot of the favorites out there for for a lot of folks. But I'm I'm a Charmander forever uh pokemon trainer uh there's and and that fire theme has stuck with me throughout so it's a um one of my favorite pokemon and definitely my favorite starter out of the first three absolutely yeah i i definitely have a different opinion here uh for me it's 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 squirtle uh i love squirtle squad right um right squirtle squirtle uh yeah Squirtle's awesome. He's he's an adorable starter. You know, Bulbasaur is kind of cute, but I mean, I think, you know, out of the bunch, you know, probably not the cutest. And, you know, Charmander and Squirtle, they're they're kind of neck and neck in, in terms of the cute factor. But then for me, Squirtle, it, it's it's what what he grows up to be that makes me really appreciate Squirtle because Blastoise is one of my favorite Pokemon um, of all time. Like even going into where we at now, Gen 8. And I'm still just like, okay, where can I get my Blastoise? Because Mm. he's a he's a turtle with cannons coming out of his back. Like he is a walking tank and he's yeah, just these giant cannons sticking out like it. It's so cool. It's so cool. Um, I, I think to me that's cooler than having a big old dragon. And don't get me wrong. The dragon's cool, but um, yeah, I just, I want to shoot you with big old cannons. (laughs) So, yeah. So I'd say for me, that's not only my favorite starter, but 
probably outside of one other. I mean, I, I think, and this it, it's such a not, it, it's a popular choice, but probably the best, my favorite of the game is probably Mewtwo. Mm. Um, whereas Blastoise would probably be, you know, the close second, but I just, I really like Blastoise. Uh, so yeah, so, so we talked about starters. What's the, the favorite Pokemon of the game? Like, which one is your, like, gotta have it. This is my main once I get it. What, what's, what's the best out there? 100% Gengar. I knew, um, yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that for sure. I don't know what it is about Gengar, but like, I don't know if it's that big goofy smile. Uh, actually, I know exactly what it is. It's it's the hypnosis dream eater combo that you can do with them. And you throw Gengar out into any battle with any type, put them to sleep, eat their dreams. You like undefeatable. It's one of the best Pokemon that's in that game. It's, it's my all time favorite. Uh, it's in like, not only is it always in my six, six party, but it's 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 always like if I ever want to get any merchandise or anything like that, I always lean toward going going after Gengar. He's just a just fantastic design. Very simple, fantastic design. The I guess you can call it lore behind Gengar uh, being a uh, basically an undead ghostly uh, uh, what cleffable, right? Um I think that floats around out there as a as a little lore piece. I don't know if it's it's for sure if that's the case. Nishan will probably know a little bit more about it than I do, but yeah, Gengar is is my favorite of the game. Uh, very difficult to get because it's one of the trade ones, but uh, when you get it and he's just steamrolling teams, you know, Pokemon after Pokemon, just eating dreams. It's a um, it's it's a down home favorite of mine. Yeah, so it it's a fan canon. It's not official canon, but fan canon is. Um, Gengar is the shadow of Clefable, so it, it's the evil version of the of an in Gen One. It'd just be a normal type, but now fairy normal in these gens. But yeah, so that that's Gengar's lore for the for the fans. And you know, I think Pokemon Company hasn't said anything, so it's it's on un, it's unofficial <laughs> canon now. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, probably for me, it it's Charizard. But since I already talked about Charmander being my starter, um, the one Pokemon whose design I love, but, you know, I just never used them on a team for whatever reason, and, and this is going to be an odd one, is um, Golem. I just love Golem's design. Just a little, like, Tyrannosaur head sticking out of a big boulder. He's got little stubby arms, and I don't know, just just, just the look of him. I just loved, like, how, like stupid but also cool he looked and again another one of those trade pokemon so he was always hard to get and and yeah i, I don't know i i never really use him because his typing ground and rock is just super weak to a lot of things yeah. but but which is I, a really shame because that whole that whole evolutionary line uh, the yeah. geodude graveler golem like mm -hmm. it is a great design team uh whenever yeah. it comes to those three but yeah that's good yeah, now Go that, Golem's my favorite designed one. Now, is that one you had to trade for too? Was that one of the yeah, yeah, yeah? There, I think there's four trade Pokemon in the game, and it's uh, Alakazam, Gengar, Golem, and Machamp. Yep, yep, sounds right. Yeah, so when when you made your decision for the game, did um, 
and I, this, uh, I guess maybe a little bit more for you, Nishan, because Stephen, I think I basically chose for the both of us. <laughs> uh, when you made your decision, did did the version exclusives play into that at all? What was the reason for choosing one over the other? Uh, honestly, it 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 we didn't even know about version exclusives when we got it. We're just like, look at these cool this cool game for the Game Boy that we got plushes from KFC from. And then, you know, my brother and I just kind of mutually agreed. I thought Charizard looked cooler. And my brother, you probably get along with him, Adam. He thought Blastoise <laughs> looked cooler. So, I mean, it we we didn't have to fight each so other. Cooler. He's got the cannons. I keep going back to the cannons. But, I mean, like, that's the defining feature, right? But, yeah. So, so we just kind of, we, we picked the box art Pokemon and, and we went from there. Yeah, see, we actually there there was strategy when I did mine. So my cousin Kirk, when he brought his, he had he had red as well. But our friend Lisa, who we ended up getting to see more frequently when we were kids, and just kind of knowing that there that there were exclusives for each game, I knew that I would have more opportunity to do trades with her than I would my cousin since he lived in another state. So that was sort of the reasoning for me. And it's like I knew I wanted to pick Squirtle and have Blastoise as, as my eventual like main fully evolved Pokemon. But I knew red was the version I needed to get for, um, you know, to, to be able to do the trading. And I think blue for the most part had better exclusives. It had, um, Sandshrew and Sandslash. It had, I think, um, Meowth and Persian as well. I'm trying to think which ones red had that. Mankey uh, and Primeape. Like, Again, yeah, uh, I I don't know. I think uh, Meowth and and Sandslash are cooler. Cooler Sandslash is just cool looking. So I mean, that's again, I'm I'm choosing it based on looks. And I think, uh, what is it? Blue had elect Electabuzz. Red had Electabuzz. Magmar was blue. Are so you like, sure? Yeah, I have the list in front of me here. Oh, um, because okay. I I just make sure. And yeah, so Electabuzz I'll, I'll is definitely the better of the two. I'll give of, I'll of give those blue two, this. yeah. I'll give blue this. It had Bell Sprout and up to Victory Bell, which I think is the better of the plant type between, mm. you know, between Oddish and Bell Sprout, I'll take your Bell Sprout any day. So I love that evolutionary line more than I like the Oddish evolutionary line. So I would trade that out, but I would keep keep mouth and mouth and Persian or uh because Mankey and Primeape. Primeape is like <laughs> ridiculous. Ridiculous uh, fighting Pokemon. I, I love Primeape. I don't know what you guys are talking about. He's just a yeah. an, an angry monkey. What what's wrong with that? <laughs> I just so angry. He's uh, again another one of those well designed, funny looking Pokemon, and he just punches everything. It's, yep. it's so see, but meanwhile on blue you have Sandslash, which is like angry Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, and then it had Meowth, who I mean, you you can't not love Meowth from the anime, right? The show. Meowth is such a great character, such a fun character that like, yeah, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to have that? Of course, once you catch Meowth, like not that special, normal type Pokemon, but it's Meowth. That that being said, once once people like data mined a little bit into the game, it turns out Persian is like one of the, the top tier Pokemon in that game. No kidding. I would yeah, because because um they did crit ratios in the game in battles based on speed stats. And I believe, and I believe Persian has the highest speed stat in the game. 
So pretty much every move it it throws out lands in a crit. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That that's why that's why Alakazam was was so overpowered. Yeah, because Alakazam Psych- was a beast. Psychic was overpowered in Gen mm-hmm. One yep. because there there were only like two mo- two types that were effective against it, and that'd be Ghost and Bug. And Bug didn't have a good good attacking move, and mm-hmm. the Ghost in was on Gengar, which was part poison, which made him weak to Psychic types. But but yeah, Alakazam was also a super speedy Pokemon. Yeah. So Alakazam and, and Persian were like the OP Pokemon from Gen One. Yeah, Alakazam was, it, was great. Great. Another team. one of the staples on my team. Like Alakazam, until you get Mewtwo, right? Because Mewtwo's psychic, and that was kind of the beast mode psychic Pokemon once you got him caught. But up until that point, like Alakazam was it, and and that's why he was fast and uh, extremely powerful. Nothing could touch him. It was yeah. just a great pokemon for a team yep just go out and throw throw psychics all day and like you'll steamroll for sure yeah yeah i think that's why sabrina is a lot of people's like least favorite gym because there <laughs> there's really no way to to go against her unless you overgrind your your team mm. yeah and, and yeah. kind of going back to the gengar thing and this might be a little bit controversial but i think i like honor better than Better than Gengar. I think Honor is just, I don't know, it's that that classic like ghost look to it. Like it looks like a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like a very like malicious ghost. Whereas like Ghastly is just kind of like this puff of smoke looking thing. Um, you know, Honor just he looks like he wants to haunt you. And I love that. And I mean, I guess Gengar does too, but he's a he's a little bit more goofy looking and I, I don't know. I liked Honor a little bit better. I didn't mind not trading him away, uh, except for the fact that I wanted to catch him all. So I did. And I did get a Gengar. But um, but yeah, I think I figured I would throw that out there. Um, another one that I would like, I, I think I should shout out to. And again, this is one that probably in the end wasn't that impressive or, or maybe it was. I know I always had it in my team and that would be Scyther just mm-hmm. because I, I love the look of it. You know, you got a like a manis with two two scythes for arms. Like that's awesome. It just looks cool. <laughs> and he was another one of those like fast Pokemon. He had he had some uh, pretty good attacks on him. So ended up being a pretty solid teammate to to have on the group. Yeah, I think one of one of the biggest strengths of Gen One is the designs for a lot of the Pokemon because. Oh, yeah. A lot of them are, you know, they're they're close enough to actual animals that you know what what Pokemon was going for, but there's there's just enough different with all of them that you know the these are obviously not of our world. There's there's something special about them. So what about what about least favorites? Which ones do you just not care for, or just straight up avoid? I think I think we can all agree on this one. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to be surprised if you guys don't agree. And that's Mr. Mime. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. I, I think Mr. Mime and is probably a lot of every, like everyone's least favorite Gen 1 Pokemon. He's he's a creepy looking clown mime. He's got dodgeballs for shoulder pads. He <laughs> He's you know, he's got the little creepy he, he's pretty much fingers. a human. Yeah. yeah, suction cup fingers and and little elf <laughs> shoes. It's 
<laughs> there was there was no appreciation for Mr. Mime. Savage, until Detective- savage. <laughs> until until Detective Pikachu. Until <laughs> Detective, there was no appreciation for uh, yeah. Mr. Mime. Jinx, throw Jinx in there for me too. Yeah, Jinx and is Dig- another one. Yeah, Diglett is one that just like I had no desire whatsoever to to do anything with Diglett or Doug Trio. It looks like uh, a group of penises. Like I'm just gonna put it out there. Like. <laughs> I'm just going to say what we're all thinking. Diglett looks like a penis sticking out of the ground. And then what's better than one of them? Just three of them. Three of them. Yeah, let's, let's make a whole bunch. Yep. It's a bouquet of penises. Yep. <laughs> the worst. Uh, I mean, um, the, the wiggly tough design isn't that great. So that yeah. wasn't a big one. Those ones, Mr. Mime, Jinx, and Diglett, just keep them. I, I don't need them. I <laughs> don't need I'll, them at all. I'll throw out Lickitung too, um, especially oh, especially oh, with Detective dude. Pikachu, when you see oh, it in like a yeah. more realistic fashion, and it's just like, oh, and uh, yeah, nope, no thanks, no thanks. Uh, Lickitung is yeah. one of my favorites. I love that one. Yeah, I had I had three on my list for list least favorite, and we we crossed them all off right there. So <laughs> glad also- I'm not I'm not alone in thinking. I also didn't like Tauros either just because it was just a bull. Like there's, they just, you know, where a lot of these Pokemon that we talked about and, and like you said, Nishan, there's, there's very clear inspirations for what they're, what they're based off of. And Tauros is like, it's literally just a bull with like three tails. Yeah, that's, that's true. With, with all of that are good. There's also like Pidgey is yeah. just a bird. Rattatat yeah. is, is just a, purple mouse but i mean they they can't all be winners it's true but most of them most of them are but some of them yeah need need a little uh little design (laughs) man you you straight up wrecked mr mime dude i love it (laughs) (laughs) i mean he he's a creepy guy he had it coming yeah yeah it's true Oh, so there's so many of them. There's uh, 100, 150, 150, is it 150 or 151? It's 150, 100, right? 151. They they only say 150, but only because Mew is like a, a special, the special mythical Pokemon are always kind of hidden and outliers and subject to a internet, early internet lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, and then, of course, there was, you know, a lot of different areas. We kind of touched on this a little bit before. A lot of different areas to go to. And like I said before, the world feels very lived in, which which I liked a lot. And some of the cities, you know, of, of varying sizes. There was a lot of places to travel to. And, of course, there were things that, you know, weren't, um, you know, little side areas that you go to, right? There's, you know, like you go on the, the ship for a little bit you go on that boat and you do a little bit of stuff there uh you go into like a secret like uh arcade uh secret lair type thing which is cool um you go into lavender town which has the big cemetery tower like there's a lot of cool areas that are outside of just like new city gym new city gym new city gym so i think you know we all kind of agree lavender town is is awesome just 
it's got a cool aesthetic. It's got a cool song. Like there's a lot to like about it. Um, any other favorites you guys have any other locations that you really enjoyed or maybe didn't enjoy? Um, pretty much. Okay. For, I'm going to be positive first before I, before I start <laughs> wrecking the game again, uh, <laughs> Positive wise, I really liked um, the Pokemon Mansion on Cinnabar Island, uh, mostly because that's where you get a lot of cool fire types. I think you can get like Growlithe and Arcanines in there, and uh, Vulpix and Ninetales. I think those were both version exclusive. So, depending which which version you had, and then also the the lore that they give you for for Mewtwo is scattered throughout uh, the Pokemon Mansion. So that's probably my my one of my favorite like side areas in the game. And I already forgot what my least favorite was. I, w- I was too positive. There's too much serotonin now. Wherever you can <laughs> yeah. find Mr. Mime. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back to it and then I'll just start, just start crushing the game. Mine's Saffron city is, or no. Uh, yeah. Saffron city. That's a big one, right? The big one. That's where, yeah, that's where uh, Game Corner was, and um, uh, uh, what are they? The one where you go up the tower to to save the CEO is that Pokemon Tower? Uh, Silphco. Silphco, that's it. And you get the and you get the goggles there too, right? Because um, of those areas, like Saffron's kind of that central city that you go in once and then you leave, and then you go back in again. And then you leave and then you come back to it again for the gym leader. So it's like a, it's kind of this hub city and there's so much to do in it. It was just a really cool place to hang out and, and do things. And there's a lot of little secrets that were involved with the city. So that that's probably going to be one of my one of my favorite places to go other than maybe um, the Pokemon cave outside of outside of Celadon. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be Saffron. It's a great town. Just a great town. Lots of fun stuff to do in there. Least favorite rock tunnel. What a troll of a tunnel! Like, troll of an area is rock tunnel. One, there it is. You were you jogged my memory. That's my least favorite as well. <laughs> All the rock type, right? Again, Charmander starter. So, like, it, it was usually my plant type that I had to roll in there most with, or uh, if I had a water type at the time, I can't remember what my, my starting makeup of the team was, but it was I had to sit Charmander out. Or at that point, it probably would have been Charmeleon, more than likely. If I'm remembering the levels correctly, it probably would have been Charmeleon at that point. Because Charizard's, what, 36? 34 or 36? Sounds I think so, Charizard's yeah. 36, and yeah. Charmeleon is 16, 16, I believe. So it would, have been a, it would have been a Charmeleon at the time. So you sit him, right? And you go in the rock tunnel, and it's, it's an absolute troll fest. Because, one, you've got to deal with the darkness. Luckily, you get Flash to handle that, so that's not too bad. But then you have the Zubat, and you have all the rock types that are all piled up in there. It just is a it's a terrible place, and it's a maze. It's just awful. It had no fun in there at all. Yeah, and it's a and it's, it's early enough in the game where a lot of your Pokemon don't have like the elemental moves yet, so you're right. you're using the normal type moves against rock, which they resist. So those battles are going on for like seven, eight, nine turns, and you know your your health just gets whittled down and Right after you come out, the blue wants to come there and kick your butt a little bit. And it's like, oh, come on. Right. So am I am I confused? Is this because when when I I'm thinking for me, one of my least favorite is Mount Moon. Mm. Well, Mount Moon's another 
course. Yeah, because right? that one's it's, super early. Like that's after your first gym, yeah. and you don't have a good core of Pokemon at that point. You, uh, you're you're sort of limited in in level. Um, you know, you can only get up to a certain level because of your gym your gym badges. You need to get more if you want to like really uh, start maxing out your your Pokemon and. It, it was long. I feel like I, I was constantly like I would I would have to go in, fight a trainer, go back out, hit up the, the Poke Center right outside the door there, heal, go back in. Like it was just this crazy back and forth and it felt so long too. And so I think for me, that's like probably my least favorite because everywhere after that, I feel like you can get high enough level. You can get a decent group of Pokemon for for just about any situation, but yeah, going into Mount Moon, you just have so much restrictions. Like you basically have your starter, you might have a bird, you might have a bug, you know, you might have maybe you get a Zubat when you go into Mount Moon. Like that, that's basically it. You know, it, uh, a Rattata maybe. Like it's a bunch of normal stuff. You get like your maybe a flying, but that's not really going to be super handy in there. Like it's just, it's so awful. And it's so long. You have a bunch of trainers on either side of it between cities that it's just like, it's a slog too. Um, and then of course, once you get to the new city, then you have nugget bridge, which is oh, just a, a gauntlet of trainers that you have to get through to, to move on to the next, you know, the next area you're supposed to get to. And it's like, Oh my God. So just like that, that whole section is is awful like basically between gym one and gym two is like the worst section of the game um, bad experience sell it on for palooza <laughs> yeah but yeah saffron like you said is is dope i love how big it is again just talking about like the the world and and how lived in it feels and we have one of the most you know iconic pokemon soundtracks like ever in that um, that, you know, went on and, and it became an iconic stage in Smash Brothers too, right? Because there's a Saffron City stage in Smash Brothers, which is really cool. So because of that, you know, again, the music kind of got ingrained in my head because of that. And yeah, so that was a good one. I think Safari Zone was really cool too, because you can get some really interesting and like unique Pokemon in there, I feel like. Uh, I think that's where Scyther was. Um, I think that's the only place you can get Scyther, Chansey, uh, Dratini is is the, yeah, the egg thing, ex Executor. Mm -hmm. Or Execute, or whichever whichever one it is. I think Kangaskhan, you can only get in there. Yeah. Um, Tauros was in Tauros, there, too. Tauros, I think, yeah. Yeah, so there was a bunch. And so, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was a pretty cool, um, unique zone. I like that one a lot. What were the water types that were in there? Because you could do, you could do fishing in there Lapras. the only one that's coming to mind for me like because i think goldine's and um it's evolution uh seeking i think i think those were like the most common so that's what keep, keeps coming to my mind uh but i think dratini you could get in there i'm not sure if lapras was See, was fishable if lapras was in there or not or if lapras was down at the islands the seafoam Seafoam Islands, yeah, she she might have been there, or she might have only been. Was she a game corner only Pokemon? Because I know Porygon, you could only get at the game corner. Yeah, 
now I need Porygon's to a good one too. I lo I love the design of Porygon. Yeah, that was a cool one. What is a uh, human created one, right? What a, mm -hmm. a digital creation, basically, is what they did with that one. Lapras. Let's see. I know Nishan. We we fought about that when you were doing your your tier list. <laughs> yeah, when I did my tier list, uh, I put where did I, where did I put? I think I put him it in just good. meh, right? I yeah, think so. I, I think so. Yeah, that that and my not as much love for Blastoise. That's what that's what got you really riled up. <laughs> Blastoise, man. <laughs> He's got cannons. <laughs> He's got cannons. Have you seen the size of those cannons? He's all like Blastoise. Like, <laughs> he, like Blastoise does have that. Is the entrance when he comes in is just yelling his name, and and really that came from, um, uh, oh man, it was from Smash Bros. Is where it really like he would bust out the door. He'd ball. shoot you with cannons and shoot you right off the stage. Like I don't think you took damage from it, but man, it would shove you hard. Yeah. Blastoise, <laughs> big, big deep voice to him. You know, it was, uh, yeah, that, that's memorable about Blastoise. It's one of the best things. I can't find anything really quick on if Lapras is in there or not, because uh, of course the wiki Bulbapedia is just so robust with information. So much to sift through. Maybe it was in there. Ness reference to Loch Ness Monster. Uh, Lapras only appears in one spot in Pokemon Blue, Red, and Yellow. Um, at the Sylph Company headquarters. Mm. After you fight Gary, the Sylph Co. employee next to him will give you a level 15 Lapras. So you can't even catch Lapras in the wild. It's a, it's a gift Pokemon. Speaking of which, you mentioned Gary. Gary was, oh. man, when, when you play this game as a kid and he's all like, smell your lighter, you're like, oh, I hate you, Gary. But then like when you when you look at today's Pokemon, right, and you have Hop and he's just like, hey, let's be best friends, but rivals. And I'm going to fight you with a sheep the whole game. Um, man, <laughs> like, get out, like <laughs> his his unrelenting optimism and friendship. It's like, dude, leave me alone. <laughs> And it's like, give, give me, give me the Gary's back. Give me the guy who's an actual rival and we can fight and we're really competing to see who's going to be the strongest. And he wants it. Gary wants it. And hop just, I feel like he just kind of wants it. Right. And he's just there for fun. And Gary, Gary's trying to be the, the freaking champion of the universe. And he he's all like, the champ. later. He does. Yeah. Yeah. He becomes champ for all of like five seconds, but. Champ, nonetheless. Yeah, Gary, Gary was uh, definitely a back in the day. It was like, gosh, you hate this guy, and you never want to see him again. But yeah. now, said in comparison to some of the rivals that are out there now, like he is the best. And what it was always the opposite color of whatever cartridge you had. So if if you were playing blue, it was red, or if you were playing red, it was blue. So it was you know blue showing up to fight you after rock tunnel or picks a fight with you right out of the gate in, in Oak's Oak's office there. And it's just like, he's ready. He's ready to just always throw down with you and, <laughs> and insult you at any and, moment that he possibly can. And he's always like one step ahead of you. Mm -hmm. No matter how, how like good you think your team is, his, his Pokemon are always like two levels higher than you. And, you know, at, at some point, I think, I think what happened with Pokemon is is the rival switched roles. Like in in Sword and Shield, we're Gary. Like we're overpowered, <laughs> and we are just 
wiping the floor with we're, with our rival. We're telling Hop, smell you later. <laughs> yeah, we're like, smell you later, Hop. I'm gonna be the champion first, and and you can you can eat my dust. Right. Change the rules. I like that. That's a yeah. good narrative. I yeah, I I kind of like that. We uh, as the player, we turn heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gary. <laughs> And then, and then Hop, like, it, it, just to go to go back to it, Gary chooses our opposite, right? So, like, if oh yeah, you, so the like, one, the up, one that's strong that's against strong. our, yep. our yeah. starter. Hop do just to show off again that he's just this complete noob at everything and can't do Pokemon. He chooses the one that's weak against ours. It's like, come on, you're our rival. Like, you're yeah. not even putting up a fight at that point. You've it's already like, let the type advantage happen. And it's then like Leon's like, oh, okay, I'll take the strong one. <laughs> It's like no, Leon. You're supposed to do you, and I'm supposed to have the strong, the strong yeah. one. But yeah, Gary. Gary was the smartest rival. He was the best. He was the smartest, and and uh, uh, his insults they would they would drive the player to mm-hmm. just be. Yeah, Hop. He clearly did not pay attention to the tutorials in in the game, typing and all that. I mean, his his brother's the champion. For crying out loud, like you'd think he'd learn a little bit of something on typing, but nope. Yeah, it's like I, I watch my I watch every one of my brother's battles, and then it's like <laughs> I'm gonna send out this water type against your grass type. Right. <laughs> oh, so good. And then Gary you go to the anime. Again, just another just a character in the anime that every time he shows up, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's this guy, and he absolutely terrorizes Ash throughout the entire thing. Just absolutely terrorizes him. <laughs> Ashes Ashes walking everywhere by foot, and Gary's in a convertible, surrounded by uh, female <laughs> like, admirers, picking up honeys, like, picking up honeys, driving around in his convertible, and and just you know catching. I think one of the best scenes from the anime was uh, the Kingler comparison, right? <laughs> I think it was the Kingler or Krabby. I think actually it was the Krabby, right? So Ash catches his Krabby. Sends it back to Oak, and he's like, "Hey, check out what I got." And then he's like, "Oh, well, look at Gary's, look at Gary's crabby, and it's like five times the size of Ash's." <laughs> it's just like it's one of those moments where it's like Gary continually terrorized Ash throughout his entire adventure, and that carried into the game really well. It was just a um, you know love to hate type of deal back then with him, and and now we have Hop, but yep. the narrative we're Gary now, and I'm okay with that. And <laughs> I have the convert. Yeah, and it's stuff like this that makes Gen 1, like, I don't know, so special, I think. And there's been so many versions of it, too, right? So, like, Red and Blue was the, you know, the initial thing, the one that started it all. And then you have Yellow, which came out, which I think is more closely related to the anime, the show, because of the the themes that it brings along with it. And having Pikachu as your, like, you don't get a choice, you just get Pikachu, and it doesn't go in the Pokeball. It follows you around, which was pretty neat. And then, of course, uh, you can get all the starters in that game, too, which is just incredible. So, yeah, Yellow was, like, definitely the definitive ed- ed- definitive edition that I just didn't know about growing up. Like, I had Red, and I was perfectly content playing that over and over and over again. But, like, man, Yellow was so cool, and I just didn't know it. I'm like, well, I don't want Pikachu as a starter. And, like, not knowing, like, I could get my Squirtle in that for like nothing basically and you could get charmander you could get bulbasaur and oh man to have all of them was it right after celadon you could get squirtle Mm -hmm. so it was like right there 
Yeah, I think you can get um, most of them pretty early. I think before the third gym, you can get the the full roster of them. It, I, it's either it's either Squirtle or Charmander. You have to beat Lieutenant Surge. But yeah, by before the fourth gym, you can have all three starters on your team. Yeah, it's I think awesome. Char, I think Charizard was a gift one because I think you just talked to somebody and they gave up Charizard. So maybe it was Bulbasaur that you got after after Surge. It. it it's i think there's an officer jenny it's like hey this pokemon's been causing trouble and i need a a good trainer wasn't that squirtle it it might have been squirtle i i i where you get them it's it's been so long since i played yellow but like after you defeat surge and she sees that you have the 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 thunder badge i believe she's like oh you're you're a pretty good trainer here's this pokemon and then all of a sudden you have that one's your one's your gifted squirtle so like if you want to go and get them gifted because i think you can get all three starters gifted to you yeah char uh charmander is right after celadon there's a guy that'll gift you a charmander and then after surge jenny will give you the squirtle i'm talking where's bulbasaur fall in trying to think where the gifted bulbasaur is but you can also catch them out in the wild Mm -hmm. um because i know that's a thing i remember yeah that sounds right yeah yeah that sounds right on a yellow emulator and camping out in certain places that you could catch them in the wild, but you also have the gifted ones. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yellow was definitely unique, really cool. And then there was, of course, if you had a Super Game Boy, you could play any of those OG Game Boy titles on that, which would give you like color. You could get various borders to uh, to kind of surround the game, and you're you're basically at that point you're playing on. Think of it; it's like the original Switch, basically, right? Like you're playing on your your Game Boy, and then it's like, okay, well, I want to play on the TV now, and you plug it into the Super Game Boy cartridge and play it on there. So although that's not, like, a version on its own, it's another way that you can, like, play and enjoy the game. But uh, later on, then, we got Leaf Green and Fire Red, uh, which were um, GBA titles, I believe. And Nishan, you kind of taught me something about that tonight before we started our, our recording here. Yeah, so the the way Pokemon like um categorizes their games in terms of generation is not like what region they're from. It's it's when they were released. So red, blue and yellow are considered gen 1, but then fire red and leaf green despite being remakes of gen 1 games are technically considered gen 3 because they came out in the, in the era of uh, Ruby and Sapphire. So so those are considered Gen 3 games. Technically, you can get like the Gen 2 and Gen 3 ga- Gen 3 Pokemon in that game. Uh, it's after you def- after you defeat the the main story you can do that. But yeah, technically speaking, those are while following the same storyline are not technically Gen 1 games. Hmm. But to to kind of go along with that and and we talked about this a little bit too is that even though that may be the case the story is still the same you're still going through the same story beats you're doing all the things you're initially at least you're connect collecting the same pokemon that you would have in the original game so um so yeah so while it's i guess technically gen 3 it's still mostly it, it, gen one yeah, they, at its core they are gen one remakes it's it's the same story there there's a few story differences i think 
uh blue isn't your rival right off the bat it's it's a different character i i don't even know his name that's that's how unforgettable he was but <laughs> and and then yeah uh, by the time gen 3 ran around you could also um pick which gender your trainer was so it, it was mm-hmm. a more inclusive game you could be you could be leaf which is what her name is in canon is the female protagonist from gen 1 Yep. And then from there, we had even just even more recently, we had the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee games, which were not direct remakes of the original, but but dang, they were uh, very similar in in what you do. And it's kind of like a continuation of the original game, from what I recall. They're they're pretty close to the they're pretty much yellow remakes in terms of mm-hmm. your starter Pokemon follows you around. And it's also in the, in the Kanto region and there's team rocket and all that stuff. But, but yeah, they're, they're, they're separate, but not quite, you know, direct remakes, you know? Yeah. Great games though. Very yeah. Similar to yellow. Yeah. I know a lot of people were kind of like, Oh, well that's not, that's not Pokemon because of the way that you like the, the mechanics of it, right. You're not outside of trainer battles. You're not doing regular battles with Pokemon. You're basically, you're just running into encounters and then you're just tossing Pokeballs at it. And a lot of people don't, didn't like that. And, you know, I kind of don't get the hate for it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it, it's different. You know, I, I think I do like the original core gameplay better but I think it was totally fine and it was fun and it was a great nostalgia trap trip as well. See, I got caught up in the, I got caught up in the naysayers cause I was like, Oh, it's got this go mechanic for catching. I don't know. Mm. I don't want to be involved in that. And then, um, it's funny cause I actually went into gen eight before I went back and I played gen seven. <laughs> the, the let's go is, cause I, I wanted to get the let's go Pokemon transferred over into my sword and shield game to make sure i could get those pokemon added to the to the deck so it was like um and after i went back to it yeah like i have no hate for that game at all like it was the go mechanics aren't even really that annoying um if you really want to double it up and make it easier on yourself you can use the two controllers to really just you know um make sure you catch everything you can i I was playing with the kids because you can pair up with the you i was able to pair up with the kids and play with them whenever they were playing and kind of hop in as a backup trainer with them and teach them to play pokemon which then that skill went into sword and shield for them and my you know my my at the time five-year-old son became a pokemon champion in sword and shield so it was was good to see you know kind of have that have that experience in in let's go and then move it in with the family into Sword and Shield and make it make it a successful time for us. And now he's he's a Pokemon fan, so it was a it was great. I think it was a f- fantastic remake. Um, it was good to have it. Yeah, and I think it did it did a couple things that that the Pokemon community really was yearning for and also wanted a return of, and that's uh, Pokemon following you, which I think a lot of people loved from from Yellow and yep. and Gen Four. And then also um, Pokemon in the overworld. You can actually see wild Pokemon before you encounter them, which a lot of people were were clamoring for for the longest time instead of the random walking through the tall grass or through the through the cave. Instead, you you actually got to see, oh, there's there's a a Rattata. I want to go. I want to avoid that. Or, oh, look, there there's a Kangaskhan. I'm going to go encounter that one. 
Yeah, yeah, those and are then, two really good mechanics that, yeah, I would like to see more of that. And we are seeing that in Gen 8 where, you know, you're rolling around in the wild area or on one of the routes and you can see the Pokemon out there. And, and that's just, it, it's a really great addition that it's just so nice, especially too like when you're rolling through like Mount Moon or something and you're running into a Pokemon like every two steps. And it's like when you can see them out there, like you can walk around you can avoid them you don't have to get into those account encounters which is really great i mean obviously the game gives you the option you can get like repels and things like that that'll give you a certain amount of steps encounter free but you know in this you can just kind of avoid them physically which is great and so to kind of walk things back a little bit not really you know an rpg in it in any sense but there was Pokemon Stadium as well, which uh, was on Nintendo 64. It was awesome. I spent a lot of time in that game. And that was kind of another one of those things where it's like you're taking your existing roster of Pokemon and you can load them into that game. If you have like the, the little cartridge thing, you can upload them in. And that was really cool. So I was taking my Pokemon from the game that I had raised and trained and all that. And even the ones that like, you know, because you could do a, an item dupe in that game, right? Rare candies and like the things that, that'll boost, you know, stats and things like that, where you could do that, do the glitch, feed your, your Pokemon to insane levels and then bring them into <laughs> stadium and just steamroll. Like, I don't know, that that was all just uh, a lot of fun. Um, Nishan, did you did you play stadium? Um, I I was never big into stadium, mostly because I didn't have the little the little like cartridge transfer mm-hmm. thing so i was just using the the computer generated pokemon that yeah but i i do remember that's like the first time we saw pokemon like 3d sprites yeah. it was awesome and and back then it it was mind-blowing it's like this this is the future of pokemon mm-hmm. i want i want 3d pokemon all the time forever yeah yeah i mean especially when you're when you look on your game boy screen right and they're just like these little like dumpy looking things mm-hmm. in a lot of cases are they're they're so small they're squished in they're all pixelated and then yeah you get the 3d ones and it's like man like this is the future of gaming this is the future of pokemon and you know granted it took a long time to get to that point but um yeah super super cool how about gyms guys so we talked about we talked mm-hmm. about gary uh, uh brock who is the beginning game troll so if you go and and we talked a little bit about Sabrina too because of how psychic is set up. So outside of those two, where are you going? And is it because you hate them or is it because you love them? Um so I'm going to I'm going to name off two. Uh one one because it's like my my top moment in all of Gen 1. So I'm going to save that for a second, but uh the the train the gym bet leader that I really loved was uh, Lieutenant Surge. I I don't know why I just loved his like this cocky attitude he had, and you know he's like I've got fast electric Pokemon, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. And you know if if you just have a Geo dude, you're gonna wreck his team anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, I just loved his his cocky attitude and. And, you know, there's lore behind him, too. It's like, oh, he was he was a lieutenant in the war. And it's like, there's a war. What what war are you talking about? Pokemon went to war. And that's all we get. We never learn any more about that. So Lieutenant Surge for that. But then um, 
yeah, the top moment for me in Gen 1 is when we find out who the Vermilion City or Viridian City gym leader is. That's the the last gym you visit. And it turns out to be none other than than Giovanni himself, the boss of Team Rocket, mm-hmm. is the gym leader for for Viridian City. And it's like you've already battled him twice. You've you've thwarted his plans of of stealing Pokemon for profit. And and this is like personal. Before it was I need to get badges because I wanna I wanna be the best trainer ever. But but this gym battle is this is good versus evil, everybody. If if I lose this, Giovanni's gonna gonna come back and take over the world. The stakes—they were so high. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me, uh, I think my favorite's got to be the the water gym and and Misty, just because I love water types. I mean, Blastoise, right? The cannons, everybody, the cannons. Uh, but she also, Misty had great Pokemon too. She had Starmie and Staryu, which are two really cool po- looking Pokemon in my book. And uh, I know in the, the later versions, they're not only water, but psychic too. And psychic being one of my favorite types a lot because of Gen 1 and how awesome psychic was in Gen 1. Um, yeah, so those are some of, you know, some of my favorite Pokemon and again, water Pokemon in general are really cool. There's a lot of great ones. There's Lapras, there's Gyarados, uh, there's, you know, obviously Blastoise, uh, you know, and then later we had like Greninja and all those like water type is just one that really resonates with me. So I would definitely go that. I feel bad saying this now because um, Lieutenant <laughs> Lieutenant Surge was my least favorite. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I feel bad now because it's like, okay, he he's a veteran, right? We want to support, you know, soldiers and troops and everything. And so Lieutenant Surge, thank you for your service. But your your gym is filled with trash cans and you are a trash person. And so <laughs> So you thought I mean to Mr. Rhyme. <laughs> he's such a douche. It's like <laughs> You have all these trash cans and like, it's perfect. It's like Oscar the Grouch. Like it's so on point, like that it's, that it's absurd. So yeah, Lieutenant Surge, least favorite for sure. <laughs> I think Lieutenant Surge was my favorite as well. Uh, I liked the, the aesthetic of everything and yeah, his puzzle might not have been the best, but like going into that electric type gym and then finally meeting Surge and he's just like, I'm going to shock you to death sort of thing. And yeah, you end up steamrolling them, but I mean, his like, Raichu just... could be a major roadblock though. That thing could be yeah. tough if you well, don't have a good counter to it. The cannons Palooza, but the cannons, you don't have the cannons at that point. You can't, you can't, you can't have Blastoise at that point. And even then Raichu would, would be pretty devastating against it. Uh, and then my least favorite was Giovanni. I whenever I, I get what you're saying there, Nishan, but whenever you walk into that gym and it's him again, it's just like how many times are you gonna have to teach this old man? Like how many times? And and what? Oh, oh, it's it's your Persian again. Okay, yeah, all right. You know, it's just one of those things. Did have a handful of others, but it was just like I I beat you in the tower, I beat you in the hideout. What's gonna happen here? You He's tell me the what's Gary of gym leaders. It's like, we know it's going to happen here. You would just want to give the badge over and call it a day or what? <laughs> I think the really nice piece that they added into, I think it was in Let's Go, is after you got done beating Giovanni, uh, 
the elite four kicked him out, right? They kicked him out of the league and Gary takes over that gym. Isn't that how it goes at the end of the game? Like after um, you get done rolling. I'm I'm not even sure the elite four kicks him out. I think it's it's like he just has a change of heart at that point. It's like like uh, I I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just gonna slink off into the shadows, and then Gary just kind of moves in naturally. I I could be mistaken though. It could be Elite yeah, Force like, like the change like, of oh, heart. You're you're the boss of the Pokemon underworld. You probably shouldn't be a gym leader. But yeah, yeah that I was mean, uh when when you can beat someone else's Pokemon, you automatically get their respect. So. Mm-hmm. Although I guess, yep. you know, with Giovanni, you had to do it a couple times, but, and Gary, I don't even think after you beat him, I don't think he respected you. So maybe he's the, uh, the exception. Yeah, he still, he still said that he was going to smell you later and everything afterwards, yeah. but, yeah, but Giovanni <laughs> three times too many, sir, mm-hmm. three times too many. Um, Fair. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing too, about, uh, yellow was the addition of jesse and james from the show now i don't think they didn't quite bring the same personality in the game as they had in the show but uh and and they're not gym leaders i know we're talking about gym leaders but um but yeah i thought that was cool that that they were at least there so it's like hey i remember them from the show (laughs) team rocket blasting off again yeah and then and they throw out a a meowth a ekans and a coughing and you're like oh i remember that they those are their pokemon from the show it, it was just a nice little nod. And then, you know, talking about RPGs or really any game in general, we can't finish off a discussion without talking about speed runs, randomizers. And even in, in the case of Pokemon, there's a very, very, I guess, like cult following for a, uh, a, a way to play the game is called Nuzlocke. And I don't know a whole lot about it other than it's just a bunch of self-imposed rules to make the game very challenging. Um, maybe one of you have a little bit of, of additional light you can shed on what a Nuzlocke run is. So yeah, so... I, go ahead, oh, Sean. Just yeah, it. so Nuzlocke was... I, I did some research on this because I, I know the general concept, but I wanted to know like the origins of it. Um, it's from a... a a streamer named or an artist named Nick Franco. He, he loved Pokemon so much. He did, he did like comics about it and he made this rule set for himself to, to enjoy the game a little more. And it was while playing a gen three game, Pokemon Ruby. uh, And he didn't call it a Nuzlocke at first. It was just uh, these rules he put himself and it's, the rules for a Nuzlocke, there's only three, and they're pretty simple. It's you have to catch the first Pokemon you encounter on a new route, and that's the only Pokemon you can catch on that route. Uh, if a Pokemon faints, it's dead, so you can't use it on your team anymore. You have to release it into the wild. And the third uh, rule they added, which was after it became popular, is you must give your Pokemon a nickname. So so it's pretty basic. It's it's to add extra challenge because you can't just get a bunch of Pokemon and you're you can't really farm for a rare Pokemon on a, on a route. You have to get the first one that shows up. And and yeah, it it's big in the Pokemon community because since Gen 6 on, 
uh, Pokemon's become a little bit um, handholdy, a little bit easier for the younger generation. So it it's a good way to give give some of the older players uh, more of a challenge while playing the game. Yeah, I guess the they, have, they have one of the other things. Um, friend of my friend of my uh, channel, and uh, 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 oh my gosh. I can't remember his name now. He's going to kill me. Extra. Is it extra? Oh, gosh. Extra mask. Extra mask. Yeah. He was that doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. He's going to kill me. I want him to listen to this, but now I don't want him to. But yeah, <laughs> extra mask was doing a um, doing a Nuzlocke run in Emerald, I think it was. And he added in. So on top of those other rules, there's there's a couple other ones that you can add in to even increase more on the difficulty one of them is not using potions and stuff like not using items which is wild to me because yeah no, only no item runs yeah no item nuzlocke runs like not being able to heal up and that whole idea that the pokemon that faints is gone forever like that's just adding those two things together i, I think makes would make, end up making that game very very interesting and very challenging to do but he was also combining it with what you had mentioned before the randomizing of these games mm-hmm. where uh, you can get all things randomized all the way down to what the Pokemon evolves into. So, like, you could have a Rotana at the beginning, but it levels up and evolves. It could evolve into uh, Lapras, right? So it has this randomization to the evolution as well. Uh, randomized item drops. Um, uh, who you run into in gyms, I think, is also randomized. So it has all these different different pieces of the game that's just completely random. Same base game, but all all kind of tossed together in some new manner that you may not. Uh, so you can't you can't react to certain parts of the game that you know are coming up the same way as what you did whenever you're playing the base game, which is a really cool uh, little piece. And you have a lot of familiarity with with randomizers through uh, Link to the Past and um, uh, Super Metroid Palooza. So it's like mm-hmm. you've got it's that same idea. Stuff could just be anywhere. And in a game like Pokemon, where it's so large, like it, there's a, there's a lot that you could potentially encounter through one of these things. So it's a yeah, uh, yeah a lot of uh, randomized Nuzlocks end with um, that one fisherman battle, the one that has six Magikarps. Then all of a sudden, it, if you randomize who the Pokemon are and encounters, th- this guy might have like six legendary Pokemons on his team. And, oh my and, god! Like what's supposed to be a routine like just time waster knocking out a bunch of magikarps could be could just end your run immediately <laughs> yikes but yeah and then there's you know speed runs out there too so i mean um i'm sure there's no shortage of of footage out there if you want to see someone just absolutely blast through the entire game in a matter of hours and those they always rpg speedruns always give me anxiety because i am so used to going through leveling up grinding whatever i want to steamroll stuff and here they go through all these you know manipulations and just like precision um you know they they basically have their battles scripted almost to get through it at lower levels um at certain points and then i think Typically, the way Pokemon speedruns go is they have like they'll get their starter and then they get like one or two more Pokemon throughout the game. And that's like the main Pokemon through the 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 whole rest of the way. And 
it's pretty wild. Like I just, I can't imagine like just having that one Pokemon and being the main thing and like relying on items to increase the stats so that they can get the edge in battle. Like, like I said, it's anxiety inducing for me as someone that plays these games casually, but man, are they fun to watch? So definitely check those out. Right now, the world record for Pokemon red and blue uh, played on a Game Boy Advance uh, emulator was set three months ago, and it's an hour and 45 minutes and five seconds. Wow. Like, it's, it, it's crazy how they do these things. I mean, I imagine there's some pretty serious glitches in there for that, because I, I've seen... That's at any percent glitchless. Glitchless? Yeah, the, oh my gosh. The, the glitch runs, uh, you're getting sub two minutes in glitch runs. <laughs> uh, 18 for, a, for any percent which, with glitches, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I've seen some some pretty game breaking speed runs for sure. But yeah, I mean to do glitchless in like under two hours, that's insane. I mean, and, it, and a lot of it's like uh, item usage. Really, is what it comes down. A lot of mm-hmm. these RPGs, Pokemon's yep. no exception. So speed runs are item usage, and it's amazing how they optimize their item usage, knowing exactly how many of the X defenses or X specials that they need mm-hmm. to power up their Pokemon enough to basically they go in into battles 10 levels lower than the Pokemon that they're fighting, but steamroll them like they're 10 levels higher because of right. how they use these. Items. It's nuts. Yeah. And it's incredibly impressive. Great routing. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And yeah, so that kind of just about wraps everything up. We do have the most important question we're going to get to here in a second, but before we do that, any, any uh, final comments you guys want to make on, on the game? I'm glad this came out, you know. This is mm-hmm. one of those this is one of those games from a long time ago that it just it set a bar for a lot of things and it 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 permeates into our gaming now. Um I'm just really glad that we, you know, we've had the opportunity to play it whenever it came around and that certain things from it have carried on into the games that we play play today. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just so influential and it's 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 a great thing to have in a library or even um um emulate at some point in time but go and go back to um it's just good it's great and if you want to get that taste and kind of the modern generation the let's goes are there and it's it's uh it's fantastic yeah i think you know as as somebody who's a a self-admitted like non-rpg player like i it's not one of my favorite genres um but pokemon is is probably my favorite like series of games and it's like it's RPG to its core. It it has has levels. It has um you know stat boosts and building the perfect team and and you know tinkering tinkering with everything. So it it has all the the staples of an RPG. And I think I think that really speaks to the game itself. That like even people that aren't fans of the genre are are fans of the genre. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's just crazy, like, kind of looking looking through, um, you know, just kind of looking at the game a little bit before doing this recording or, or throughout the month as I was kind of planning things out. And it's like, I just, I love this series so much. And Gen 1 especially, like, it does just bring back, like, just great childhood memories and just uh, the, the nostalgia and, and the fun and the... The, the wholesomeness for the most part like yeah it's just such a good 
good series, and I'm so glad that these games got made. So, uh, as I mentioned, the most important question for those of you like me that need to know and maybe don't already know, can you level grind in this game? And the answer is, yes, you can. Kind of. Mostly. <laughs> you do get level capped based on your your badges that you have. And then, um, you know, your, your Pokemon may choose not to listen if they go above a level that you don't have a badge for. But there still leaves a lot of room for grinding in there for those that want to level up. You can, you know, if you get pretty close to that cap before you get your next badge, you're going to have a pretty easy time getting through the next gym or next portion of the game. So for that, I will say, yes, you absolutely can level grind. Agreed. 100%. Yep. So there you have it. The most important question. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and wrap things up here, guys. Um, thanks both of you for for being here on the show and talking about Pokemon with me. It's one of the uh, greatest series out there, great RPG. So, um, so yeah. So, Nishan, where can where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, streaming on Twitch. Uh, works a little crazy, so I'm usually only two nights a week. Wednesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, doing a lot of Nintendo-based uh, games, uh, and that's twitch.tv forward slash Nishan. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Ni underscore underscore Sean, because apparently there's two Nishans in the world ahead of me. <laughs> All right, and how about you, Steven? You can find me, uh, LordlyKingSDOT, on Twitch. 9 a.m. Eastern time to 12 one-ish Monday through Friday. And of course you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the same place. Lordly King Estan. All right. And I have been your host. You can find me at Adam Palooza 85 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, all those places. Uh, give us all a follow here. Check us out. We, you know, various content between the three of us, Always a good time hanging out in each other's channels and everything. Great community. Um, but yeah, so thanks everybody for joining us for this episode, episode two of Level Grinders podcast. If you like this, please make sure to leave a review on whatever podcast service you listen to. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to Games Are Fun on YouTube. If there's a game you'd like to see discussed on this show, please reach out to us. Find us on those social media platforms, Games Are Fun pod on Twitter. You can join our Discord, invite.gg slash games are fun. You can talk to any of us there. We're all in on, on the Discord, along with other a, a lot of other great community members. You can leave a comment in the YouTube comments, or you can contact us at contact at gamesarefunpodcast.com. So that'll be the show. Thanks again, everybody, for hanging out. Thanks to uh, co-host Steven and special guest Nishan. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Keep on grinding, everybody.